0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm George Cup, And I'm Callum Gurr. And you're about
1: to listen to the podcast version of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr. Please note that this is a podcast, so it's not a live broadcast. So please do not try to vote in any of the polls or send in messages to any of our discussions, as your message will not be registered, but you may still be charged.
2: Also, please note that not all of the opinions expressed in this podcast are our actual opinions, but may be expressed to create a better discussion. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss our live broadcast every Sunday on Wizard Radio Station. Evening everybody and welcome to another episode of To Be Discussed with Callum and Girl. My name is Callum Gert and I'll be joined
1: by my co-host and the George Lawrence Cup. Hello everyone, this evening Callum and I will prove to you that you can have impassioned debates whilst holding vastly different opinions without falling out at the end of the night. So this evening we will be discussing, do you consider future job prospects when you post on social media? what party will be the third party after the next election and lastly do you believe in heaven with each of these discussions being accompanied by polls which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic but first last week we asked for you guys to send in Um,
2: the first things that you're going to be doing after lockdown has ended. And we've had some really, really um, interesting and and really heartwarming stuff, really, in terms of what people uh, will be doing. So we'll we'll move on to the first one. It's from Georgia. Georgia says, once everything is lifted and life returns to normal, I just want to jump on a plane and go abroad. I've not been on holiday abroad for two years, and this summer was my long-awaited trip to Miami with two of my best friends and our families. I was so excited. I've literally been waiting this for over a year and now it's been cancelled, which is really sad. At this point, I don't really care where I'm going. I just don't want to be in the UK anymore. I want to be in a hot foreign country without any of the stresses of the UK. But anyway, I think I have a while to wait until we're allowed to go on holiday. George, what do you make of that? Um, going, Going abroad is kind of the first thing to do.
1: Yeah I, I I can absolutely um see where where George is coming from there. I I think it's it's it is incredibly um upsetting when you've got a holiday um that you've had to cancel especially if you haven't been away for 2 years and you and you want and then you're going to somewhere like Miami. I mean that's just amazing. Um but hopefully you can reboot that for next year and, and you will still have something to look forward to. I mean, myself, I've had to cancel two holidays, um, this year because of obviously the current situation that we're facing. Um, but I, I absolutely, I do agree. I think it's one of the, the best things that we will do. And, um, I'm, It's it's probably a very good thing as well, because I think a lot of Brits will just want to to get abroad and everything. And and those airline companies that we're seeing struggling will actually bounce back quite a lot because a lot of people will want to jump on a plane and go abroad. Callum and I, for example, we're going uh, to Greece in September with our friends Um and we are keeping absolutely every single thing on our bodies crossed to uh, in hope that we will be able to still go. But, Callum, is that I mean, I, I suppose in, in terms of lockdown, in a weird way, uh, when it ends, possi- when it possibly ends, we will uh, be jumping on a plane straight after. So we are kind of doing what Georgia is saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I hope it's not
2: um, September that lockdown ends, but I suppose, I mean, I guess, um obviously that it's going to be gradual whenever lockdown does end anyway so so possibly that will be when things are starting to get much more back to normal um but i definitely agree with what george is saying there um in, in terms of you know get, getting on a plane that does sound like a, a blooming good idea to be honest um and and, and yeah i mean I, i'm i'm somewhat tempted although i don't really have the money so i can't but if i had the money I'd, i would be tempted to just um you know, book um, some kind of trip away once lockdown has has ended. Not necessarily abroad, but I mean, there's plenty obviously on offer within the UK. Uh, <laughs> I sound like well, a sales rep or
1: something. Well, we we uh, well after you finish your masters, we both said that you and I were going to go away somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we? we discussed, um,
2: I think York or or uh, Bath or somewhere like that, didn't we? So yeah, we
1: were going to go on a nice couples retreat.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um but yeah, so I mean obviously that George's
1: idea does sound really good. Um let's move on to our second opinion from Zach. And he says, this might sound really boring, but I couldn't say one particular thing that I want to do once lockdown is over. I just want my life to go back to usual. I never thought I would say this, but I just want to get back on the school bus, go to school, spend my days with my friends. The only thing I don't miss is homework, because we're still getting it. All of the drama of being at school, even the annoying teachers, that feeling that on a Friday afternoon when you realise it's the weekend, I really miss those things. So I just want the world to go back to normal soon and get order back in my life. Well, Callum, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that does just sound really good as well,
2: doesn't it? Much more simple than what um, George says. says, Zach. But um, I think equally uh, something that all of us really are crying out for. Um, I mean, as you say, I mean, it's a really weird thing, because obviously at the moment with me being at university and not in, in a job or in school or anything like that, um, I don't really have that Friday um, afternoon feeling that Zach talks about. Um, where you suddenly realise, oh, it's the weekend, I'm 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 off, sort of thing like that. Yeah. I don't have to um, do anything. Um, so so that's actually something which even before lockdown, that's something that I miss. And and once I hopefully get a full time job fairly soon, um, that's something that I'm I'm kind of looking forward to. But just that general normality, I think, is just going to be amazing,
1: really, isn't it, George? What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, I I totally agree with Jack. I think that we take so many things for granted when we we have them all the time. Um, And especially when you go to school and, and have that kind of set routine. I think... Um, us humans love a routine and we like having kind of that purpose, that, that actual thing of being able to get up and going to do something and school and that having that routine and seeing your friends is that thing to do. Um, and you know, I'll be honest, when I, when I was at school, when it got to the, towards the end of, um, the summer holidays, I always used to think, as much as I was like, oh school, I was also like, yeah, I get to see my friends again. I get, to, you know, I get to actually have that, um, see some of the teachers again as well. Um, and it is that, that idea of just going back to normality, because these are such weird and, and unusual times that in actual fact, the, the idea of normality is, is rather distant at the moment. And, and to have just that simple act of normality would be lovely back in your life.
2: Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the next um, opinion from Sophia. Sophia says, uh, my ideal lockdown situation is that the lockdown is lifted in late June, early July. We don't need to go back to school and then we can we can um, have a really great summer in lockdown. And after lockdown, wouldn't need to go back to school until September. Then I will meet up with all my friends, have parties, go on road trips across the UK, maybe go to Cornwall for a week and just have a really cute summer. You can tell I've been dreaming about this. (laughs) That is my ideal situation, though. Otherwise, the thing I'm going to do as soon as lockdown is over is go to a supermarket and buy Ben and Jerry's because my mum won't put it on the food order at the moment, <laughs> and I'm craving
1: some. Is that something you've been uh, craving, George? Uh, ben and Jerry's. It's, uh, do you know what? Unfortunately, it's not. I'm on a diet at the moment and I can't have any sweet stuff, so it's blooming annoying. Right. Um, but I, I do. I do love. I do love Ben and Jerry's. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I. I think. I think Sophia. You, Sophia, you've got a fantastic plan for your summer. And, and if, if lockdown is, is lifted when you uh, hope it is lifted, um God, what a summer you're going to have. I mean, if, if there's any extra room, can I come with you, please? Because it sounds like a fantastic trip that you're going to be having. Um I mean... I, Callum, I think you'll probably be quite annoyed if if late if lockdown is uh, not lifted fully until late June because it means obviously your birthday will be a lockdown birthday like your dad's and and happy birthday Nick by the way forgot to say <laughs> happy birthday um, and so yeah I mean how are you kind of feeling about that on kind of Sophia Sophia's opinion do, are you kind of a bit bumming out the possibility that your birthday is going to be in lockdown. <laughs> Well to be honest um i I never
2: really do anything for my birthday anyway, do I? so uh, <laughs> I suppose what difference does lockdown really make in the grand scheme of things um but no i I will be a little um bummed out, as you say um about if if during my birthday I have to spend it indoors um it's It's not really ideal um although I guess probably in terms of what I'd be doing with my family. Um, it probably wouldn't change drastically, we'd probably still have a barbecue, okay, granted, obviously my nan and grandad wouldn't be there, my auntie and and my cousin and everyone like that wouldn't be there um, for that in the same way they they would normally, Um, but probably besides that, we'd still do similar things to what I would normally do with my family, obviously with you guys it would be really, really different um, and you know we'll have to um we'll have to organize some kind of virtual birthday party or something george you better get on that um no. <laughs> um but but george i mean i think sophia brings up a really good point in terms of when the ideal time is to end lockdown in terms of for us personally mm. um so, so, so for you when, when would you want it to be i presume you'll want it in in around about july wouldn't you
1: i i um for yeah i I think probably early July will be the best time for me because it still means my my birthday will be in the freedom, yeah. Um, and I and I'll get to see everyone. I mean, Callum, why don't we we'll have a joint birthday? Delay your birthday this year and and have it on the <laughs> 20, 29th ninth of July. Ah, uh, let's see what happens. Let's see. What happens. I wouldn't <laughs> want to steal your limelight,
2: George. That's the thing. Wait, I, I, that would be very hard to do, Callum. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is true. You you are um, a rather dominant figure, George. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, on that note um, We will go to a song break But remember that we'll be announcing What the question will be for you to send in your opinions on At the end of tonight's show So make sure you're ready for that For the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show We've reached time for our first song break this evening So we'll be back in a bit
1: Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So let's move on to our second discussion of this evening. and We're asking the question, do you consider future job prospects when you post on social media? So it is clear to say that and clear to think that most people, I would believe, of the younger generation now is on social media, whether that's on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn or anything like that. And of course, lots of us post all kinds of things, whether we see something that is a news article and we have our own opinion about it. So we decide to post about that opinion or if we decide to create some kind of fantastic video um, to upload onto TikTok. So all your fans can see it and, and wonder what the hell that video is about. Um, and really and truly is when we are in that that mindset of of having an opinion or doing a video, do you ever actually consider what effects that may have on your career in the future? Because it is getting clearer and clearer as time goes on that when you apply for a job now, those um, employers will now look onto your social media accounts to see what you are posting and whether or not there is anything, I suppose, dodgy that you could have posted on them. So Callum, Do you ever consider what what you've posted in the past as how it may affect you, um, especially in a future career in journalism?
2: Yeah, uh, it is definitely something I consider. It's not something I really considered in any meaningful sense. Um, Back when I first got social media, um, I mean, obviously, I was in like year seven when I first got Facebook. So no wonder I wasn't really thinking about that. but. (laughs) But even Twitter, which I got a lot later, I mean, more towards when I was doing my GCSEs, I probably didn't really think about what I was posting a lot of the time. Whereas now it's something I definitely consider a lot more. Um, I, on Facebook and on, um, on, on Twitter and everything, I, I use the, the memories app things. Um, I think it's called TimeHop or something like that um to to yeah. kind of vet my social media as well and and see whether or not you know maybe I've posted something um controversial previously that that maybe I don't uh stand by now i mean I'm not saying I've got many um kind of bodies in my closet sort sort of thing but um <laughs> you you can never be too safe i think i mean we we've seen uh, and I don't wish to sympathise with any particular individual but I think we've seen a lot recently in terms of there's been some people that have come into the public eye for one reason or the other normally because they have some kind of influencer on YouTube or or the like um, and their past social media activities come to to bite them in the bum really Um, Mm. and I mean I I think there's another discussion to be had there really about whether or not we should always hold people to account for those things that they've done or, or tweeted or whatever you know when when they were in their kind of formative years um so so I'm wary of that happening to me um what do you think george I means i'm guessing obviously i mean it's no secret really you've got ambitions probably to be, be a, a politician um one day or well, i suppose you kind of are but a, an mp um so is that something you consider what your social media activity and how that could affect that
1: mm. i have to be very careful on social media um especially now um as a an elected representative of a of a ward in my district i do have to be careful what i post because of course um it can reflect reflect badly on myself and and, and also badly on the party as well because when when you're in certain positions, you have to realize that it's not just yourself that you are representing. You're also representing the body that you've been elected onto um, and also the party that that you align yourself with. Um, and I and I think if I look back over what I did post in the past, it was nothing kind of controversial. It was just, as as Callum said, I look back on my memories on Facebook and some of the things I posted was just utter rubbish. Um, <laughs> And the way I used to chat was just unbelievable. The the language, not rude language, but the way I used to write words was just yeah. so they were unreadable and it sounded like I was, I don't even know, just illiterate. And it was it was uh, so I do uh, delete those rather quickly. And in terms of Twitter as well, I, um, as Callum will vouch for, I've had many accounts on Twitter Um I think I probably had about four different accounts on Twitter, and that is because of things that possibly I have felt weren't um, kind of PC or maybe or or even some occasions it's where I've received abuse and just thought I can't be asked with that. So I've just deleted the whole thing and then started again. Um, But it, it is something that you do have to be careful of because. Um, and, and also, I during this time, I have been I'm on TikTok. Um, George, if you want to follow, um, <laughs> I, I'm on TikTok and um, obviously they are videos and they are comedy videos. And you have to be so careful about the, the comedy that you approach on those videos, because it can't be anything that will possibly affect you in, in future future times, because I know that if and when I become an MP um, and if I want to further my career in politics as an MP um, by getting into cabinet or something like that, those videos will come back around. And I can guarantee you that there will be some um, newspaper, some journalist, probably Callum, um, (laughs) that goes onto my social media and brings all these videos up. And I've had many people say to me, because I've also posted some of those TikTok videos on my counselor page. And many people have said to me, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be posting those things. And I just say, because I am in this position to try and cheer people up. And I think those videos do cheer people up. It takes people's mind off the situation and it makes me more human because everybody kind of does that thing. It's not, you know, I don't want to be seen as this kind of senior Figure. I want to be seen as if I am someone of the people in a way. You know, I want to be with the people. I want to show them that I am human. Um, and I think that is a perfectly good defence. If if you yourself as well have posted videos like this and you get questioned about it in a future job, um, but do you, do you think, Callum, that we, as us as a generation, and I'm talking about our generation here, do you think we are kind of maybe heading towards bit of uh we're going to be kind of challenged on the things that we did post because we were kind of the first generation that were young and got onto social media and because of that we didn't really know what we were posting or didn't really think about what we were posting so do you can you see that it's our generation that could possibly get into the most trouble about it
2: yeah i I think probably yes because also our, our parents weren't able to advise us because obviously as you say it's a, it's a completely new thing so we probably have got the most kind of rubbish out there that could come back and um, we will we'll be held to account for it really so, so I think yeah there's definitely worry that, that our generation will probably suffer from this more than what the next generation will just because people are much more attuned to the kind of long lasting effect of social media whereas when we were um first tweeted and first posted on Facebook and, and whatnot um it was a very new thing and people weren't really aware of the kind of longevity of of everything you post
1: I mean is that an opinion you agree with George Oh, absolutely. I think that we are going to be a lot more, our generation is going to be a lot more scrutinized than any other kind of generation because we were, I suppose you could argue we were naive with what we were doing because we didn't fully understand what that would be about. And of course, as well, I think that old kind of saying I suppose if you like of oh if you delete it it's gone forever is is rubbish because if you delete something especially on the internet someone clever enough or someone that wants to find it hard enough will still be able to find that um, and that is always the worry because as soon as it's on social media it will stay on there um, and and the, the thing is as well is that I have known people that are professional people that have gone out for um, a couple of drinks had a video posted about them um being rather drunk or, or inappropriate and and as such they've lost their jobs because of it and Callum is that is that something that you are cautious of when you go out with us I mean not that we would ever ever try and put you in that situation but do you are you ever kind of worried you know if we upload something onto our Instagram story of of you with a beer in your hand or something like that is that something you worry about when we go out um to, to a certain
2: extent I suppose uh, I mean, obviously, at the moment, I'm not really anyone that anyone would much care about what they're doing. But I suppose <laughs> let's hope in the future I am. Um, and so I guess there's a, there's a slight worry there. I mean, I, I always remember, um, and I see it comes up on my memories quite often, but I don't I never delete it. But but there's a um, there's a a picture up on on Facebook, um, which is of me when I was probably about. 15, 16, um, and I'd gone to a house party, and I i don't actually know if I was drinking at all, um, but basically I i was rolling around on the floor, my top was off, and obviously it looked like a bit of a um, a pee-up, um, and obviously I guess that could be used out of context and make me look like some kind of yob or something, but for me... I just think, do you know what? It just shows that I'm just like any other fifteen, sixteen-year-old who, you, you know, used to Absolutely. go and have a little drink with their friends, maybe, or or even just a party. Because as I say, I think I was probably just drinking Lucas egg because I used to really back them. Um.
1: So yeah. And uh, and how do you think this poll is going to go? Um. I I think most people will be considering
2: it. So so I'd
1: say probably about. 70% will say yes what about you um yeah i think that um from the uh, the majority of our listeners i think they will be more aware of when uh, of of more aware of when uh, of, the, of their age than we were at their age of social media um so yeah I'm going to say probably about 70-75% of yes um, but as always there is only one way to find out and that is for you guys to vote on this question do you consider future job prospects when you post on social media and you can do that at UK forward slash listen and we'll be back after this <laughs> Hello and welcome back, my lovelies, uh, to to be discussed. So before that little break, we asked, do you consider future job prospects when you post on social media? And to find out the results of that poll, please go to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio.
2: Right then, let's uh, move on to the third topic of this evening, my lovelies. Uh, (laughs) You knew that was coming, didn't you? (laughs) I did. I could tell by the tone in your voice, Callum. (laughs) Uh, Right, um, and we are discussing which of these will be the third party after the next election. Uh, And the options for that um, ahead of time will be SNP, Liberal Democrats, Green Party or the Brexit uh, slash Reform Party. Um, so obviously, after any election, there's always a bit of a discussion about who's going to win it or, or during an election. But there's also a massive um, discussion for the smaller parties about whether or not they can make that step towards becoming the third party. Being a third party comes with certain inherent benefits, um, such as being able to ask a question every week, of Prime Minister's questions, and also the BBC and other broadcasters are mandated more to cover um, your policy announcements. Um, Currently, the third party is the SNP, which holds 47 seats in the House of Commons. This is despite the fact that it only competes in one of the constituent nations of the UK. So can that last? Can the SNP continue to be the third party? Will Scotland even still be a member of the United Kingdom at that point? (laughs) We want to... Try and answer some of those questions at least. So again, that question is: which of these will be the third party after the next election? The SNP, Liberal Democrats, Green Party, or the Brexit slash Reform Party? I mean, George, obviously, as a uh, a former UKIP member, do, oh, are you uh, are you batting for uh, for for Nigel Farage's Brexit slash? I, I I hear anywhere they're potentially going to rename themselves to the Reform Party now
1: um it will be interesting to see what kind of developments um a party under Nigel Farage will 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 look like um especially if they they change it to the reform party um i always i always think to myself if i was to run a a political group what what would i name it and i always struggle to come up with any names and i think the reform party is actually or the reform party is actually quite a quite a good name to have um In actual fact, I don't think that I would really be backing um, Nigel Farage's new party or his current party because I I still do believe that I struggle to see where they would stand in politics. I think that, um, you know, we might see them again, find something rather um, topical and be able to really push on it. And ensure that that they get back into the, the forefront of politics and, and become the third largest party. I mean, he did that with UKIP, um, and then he, he practically did it with with um the Brexit Party, especially during the European elections where the party came first. Um so there is always I never ever count Nigel Farage out. I think that's the most dangerous thing to do, is is to count Mr. Farage out and what he can do with the party, because um for all his criticisms that Maybe rightly come his way. He also um, you can't deny that he has been rather successful in ensuring that his party can get somewhere um, and makes change, even if it means they don't actually get any seats. Um, I think overall, though, we, we it's it's. Easy to say that, um, the SNP will definitely be the third largest, the largest party. Um, but it, it is always hard to try and include the SNP in, in these kind of questions because obviously, as Canon said, they, they only contest seats obviously within Scotland. And they, um, I think last election had something, something around about, I, th- I think it was between two and a half million to three million votes. And because of that, and that in, entitled them to have 47 seats, whereas the Lib Dems, had more overall votes than that but they only got 11 seats um and that's because they're contesting a much bigger area um and there are of course many that argue that we that is completely wrong why should um smp be allowed to have so many seats on such less votes um so I, I think that yes the smp will definitely be the third biggest party at the next election um because they are still being very high in the polls. I mean, in the Scottish um, polls right now, they are top, I think, with 54 percent and the Conservatives are in second place with 25 percent. So they are way ahead in the polls um, for the Scottish Parliament. And I and I think the Lib Dems... Um, it depends what kind of ground they can make up. It depends what they can do with themselves, um, and and I I hope that they will be able to challenge again. I mean I, I'm following an account at the moment which is rerunning the 2010 general election um, on Twitter, and it's fantastic because the Lib Dems are right up there. They're in you know some of the polls they were in 30%. Um, bring back Nick Clegg. So I <laughs> I think that it will definitely be. Between the SNP and the Lib Democrats, unfortunately, because of the the way our our voting system works, I don't think the Green Party will ever make that kind of ground up. Um, But who knows? The the economy and the environment is getting more and more on people's minds. So we might see a massive push from the Green Party and Green Party members. But Callum, what do you think?
2: Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's interesting what you say about the Green Party, because I I tend to agree that I don't think they'll, likely become the third party although there was a poll out this week and I can't remember what polling group done it but there was a poll that basically had the Green Party going up by 2% uh, Liberal Democrats going down by 2% Um, and obviously if that kind of trend were to play out and continue then you know we could potentially see the Green Party replace the Liberal Democrats Mm. um, as the fourth party I guess (laughs) Um, which isn't particularly glamorous um, I, I think you're right, it's probably very likely to be the, the SNP again I think all the while that um, Scotland isn't independent um, the SNP have got a really good way of always gaining a lot of seats because they've got a really good kind of enemy that they can blame things on and, and their own failings <laughs> in government on and um, I know that there's been some problems with the, the health service in um, in Scotland, mm. um, which is obviously a, it's a devolved power, and as uh, there's a lot of problems with things in, in terms of drug addiction as well in yeah. Scotland. Um, at, but the way that the SNP always seem to play it is that they will blame that on the, the lack of funding from, from the U- UK Parliament, potentially, um, which arguably, is not quite um, right, because um, my understanding is that the the devolved um, assemblies, or, or at least in the case of the Scottish Assembly, they have the ability to raise their own taxes. So, so they should be able to secure the funding um, that, that they need. Um, but I think because of the situation that we're in, where there isn't really a good understanding of of what powers the devolved um, assemblies have. I mean, obviously, we're in England, so it's very it's much more difficult for us to say with any clarity on that. But because of that, I think there's always that kind of trump card they can play, which means that they will, f- at least for the foreseeable, do, do very well um, in Scotland. I think the Liberal Democrats are facing an existential crisis here. Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm the former member, as, as we know. And I'm unsure why I'd vote for the Liberal Democrats at this moment. Obviously, they've lost their relative Trump card in terms of Brexit, because Brexit is happening. And there's no chance of a second referendum now and, and all of that. Um, but I, I think as as well, I mean, obviously, Labour at the moment, I'm not saying they're completely solved or anything like that, but the, the, the signs are good that Labour are becoming much more... Um, kind of centrist in their ideas and and much less um, (laughs) radical um, in in the kind of 1970s policies that uh, Jeremy Corbyn liked a lot of and so I think based upon that the Liberal Democrats are really kind of facing um, a struggle Um, and obviously the Brexit party um, or the Reform Party if they they are called that um, I can't see that they, they would become the third party, I just don't see that there's that really hotbed issue that they can capitalise on in the same way as they did Brexit Mm. I mean, George, do you you have any hints in terms of what you think the Brexit or Reform Party could focus on, other than obviously I suppose immigration will be the main one?
1: I mean, I think that what they would try and look at is, is, as Callum says, it will be immigration and also they will, I'm sure argue that whatever Um, we get out of Brexit isn't enough and they will argue that if they were in government they could do a better job Um, but I I think what would be quite interesting about the Reform Party is whether um, Nigel Farage can keep that cross-party collaboration of different um, politicians because that, I think that was one of the key things with the Brexit party is that he brought together people from uh, the Conservative side, the Labour side um, and he really just kind of focused them on one issue and if he wants to be successful he's got to find that one issue. At the moment though I think it will be very hard for him to, to find that um, because there isn't overly um, anything that, that's that's jumping out, out, out at anything really um but i think i think looking at the current situation um the the latest YouGov poll put the conservatives at 48 percent labor at 31 percent liberal democrats at eight percent the green party at five percent and the brexit party at one percent and it's it's rather i suppose i'm going to use the word worrying that the two main parties are so far ahead of the other parties because um That does that does worry me. I I don't like how it is just between two parties. I mean, absolutely. It makes the Conservative and Labour job a lot easier. But I I, I think that excuse me, I think it would be hard. uh, It worries me in terms of getting a a proper democratic parliament elected. And on that reasoning, Callum, do you think that your answer would be different? If we had, if we didn't have first past the post, um, an election system, and rather had proportional representation, yeah, so I think
2: on that basis, I'd say, based upon the last couple of elections, really, um, I, I would say Liberal Democrats would be the third party if we had a more proportional system. And certainly, in the last election, um, they got more more of the popular vote than what the SNP got. Um, so so you'd say that your answer would change just very quickly. I mean, do, do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I do
1: absolutely agree. Absolutely.
2: And um, who who do you think is going to come out on top here then?
1: Oh, of course the s m p are going to come out on top. Yeah, I, I,
2: I would tend to agree with you. But it's now time for you guys to vote away on this question. So which of these will be the third party after the next election? Uh, The SNP, the Liberal Democrats, Green Party, or the Brexit slash Reform Party. And you can do that at Uk. forward slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before break, we ask which of these will be the third party after the next election. And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page, that's at this radio.
1: Right. OK, so let's move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And as I always say, the most important discussion we have. And we're asking, do you believe in heaven? So for a very long time now the bible has been around and the bible preaches that when you die you when you pass away you will pass onto into another world which is heaven or potentially hell um heaven is supposed to be full of the riches the love you get to see the people um that have passed away your your family your friends um and it's supposed to be a absolutely gorgeous place to be as much as that idea is nice to have before i suppose you pass away is it really that believable callum do you believe in heaven uh n- n- no i oh. don't
2: believe in heaven <laughs> um yeah i mean obviously as probably most of our listeners will know i'm i'm an atheist and um, so so i don't tend to Believe in heaven or God or hell or anything like that, um, but I do think there's a something quite nice about the idea of heaven, um, and I kind of see why there is that idea around. Um, and and I I will say as well that I'd absolutely love to be wrong about heaven not existing <laughs> and things like that because obviously it's a really good kind of idea. Mm. Um, I just, you know, I, for me, I just don't see the evidence of it. Um, and, and I'm generally quite an evidence-based person. So, so, so I really struggle with the idea of that. Uh, what about you, George? I mean, I'm guessing I know your answer too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say you're an evidence-based person, yet you voted Remain. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't start at all. Talk. We're talking <laughs> about heaven heavens. Come on. Yeah, I know exactly. That's why we've got Brexit. Heaven. Oh um, God. So for me, as as again, many people, if they are long time listeners, will know that I am not a believer um, in in God or anything like that. And it's actually quite rare as a conservative not to be of strong faith in uh, Christianity and stuff. I mean, I am christened um and I did used to go to church a lot my family are historically very religious um but I just don't believe any of that that kind of I don't know that that tale and and to me that is a tale um and as much as as Callum said as much as I would love there to be heaven um because it would be glorious to to know that you've got that I don't know, kind of second chance of life in a, in a glorious world. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's true. And I think that one of the best things we've seen um, to tell the truth around this is, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Callum, it's from Ricky Gervais and it's the invention of lying. Um, and he, if anybody hasn't seen it, he is in a world where no one can lie. lie, And he... Um, actually suddenly realize that he can lie and people are really scared about dying they're they're really his mum is really worried about dying he's he's petrified she's petrified and he comes up with this scenario that when you die you get to go somewhere you get a mansion you're rich um and it puts people at ease and i think if we look back at when the bible was written um I think those kind of stories were made to ensure that people had a level of comfort when they did die, because, of course, it's a very scary time and and rightly so. Um, and by having that kind of mindset of um, I'm going to go somewhere else, it calms you down. It allows you to think that it's not over. Um, and I think that's really important when. Um, you're trying to comfort someone that is sadly passing away. Um, and I, I must admit, I, it's very easy for Caroline and I to answer this because obviously we are not on our deathbeds right now um, because I, I think possibly I would a- answer this question differently if I was on my deathbed and I knew that I was going to die in a couple of hours because I think in a way of trying to comfort myself and come to the, the realisation of what is happening. I would try and tell myself that there is the possibility of something better after the death. Do you do you kind of think similar about that?
2: Yeah, I think you, you, your attitude towards it does change a little bit when when yeah, you're, you're on your deathbed or, or even when um, <clears throat> other people. Um, that you know, are dying or dead, or, or recently dead, I mean, um, because I do recall uh, that when my nan's passed away, I certainly was much more open to the idea of of heaven existing and there being some kind of afterlife, um, and I do think it does change your perspective a little bit. Yeah, um, but. I always personally think it's more of a comfort tool that you need at that time. Um, personally, it's not something I have any strong conviction in actually believing. But I certainly, I mean, I, I, yeah, George, do you do this in terms of I, I always, whenever someone tells me that you know someone they know has passed away or something, I always say, I'm sure they're in a, a better place now. But well, I mean, obviously, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in heaven. So what do I actually mean? But... Is that something you do you say as well, George?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I do. And I think that if we bring meaning into what they're saying is, of course, as Callum said, you don't believe in heaven. But I think a lot of the time we say that because obviously it's a level of comfort and also because it isn't wrong to say they are in a better place because they are out of pain and they are at peace. Um, And I think that's the most important thing about that is that they are at peace, um, which is so important when someone is is. Going through uh, passing away, and it can be rather sometimes a painful experience for them, and that's why I think we do revert to that saying is that kind of why you say that as well Callum? yeah, yeah, I think yeah it's just it's a case of comfort isn't it and you yeah. you, you
2: got clutch to those kind of things that are familiar and how do you think this poll's going to go? I think that probably it's going to be about. Fifty-five percent of people say no they don't believe
1: in heaven what about you um i'm gonna say that it's going to be more 65 percent of people that say that they don't believe in heaven um but as always there is only one way to find that out and that is for you guys to vote on this poll do you believe in heaven and you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back after this So, welcome back, my lovelies. Um, <laughs> before that break, we asked, Do you believe in heaven? Um, and to find out the results of that poll, please go to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Well, unfortunately, everybody, it ta- has come to that time in the evening where Callum and I have to say bye bye. All right, calm down, stop crying, we'll be back soon, don't worry. So, thanks. <laughs> Listening to To Be Discussed with Cuff and Gur. We hope you've enjoyed this episode.
2: So, as mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like you to send in your opinions. And that's to the question, what is the most important policy to you? You can send in those opinions by email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter, that's at wizardradio So, remember that question is, what is the most important policy to you? And we're really looking forward to hearing those opinions next week. But it is now time for George
1: and I to take ciao for now so I've been Callum Girl yeah. and <clears throat> I've been George Cup. Thanks so much for listening everybody. remember to stay safe um, keep keep going through the lockdown. I know it's hard but keep a positive mindset and keep smiling that's the most important thing and we'll be back next week at the same time and the same place for another episode of to be discussed.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.